0: Welcome to another episode of War Stories. I'm Tom. I'm Chuck. And uh, our guest this week, Chuck, is a very special guest. It's one the audience is very familiar with. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because we've been getting a lot of emails, uh, I think, not, you know, like inundated, we're not, you know, buried under them, but just enough people asking uh, about your condition and how's how's everything going with your (laughs) medical stuff, and uh, you finally (laughs) thought you've had enough time has elapsed where you can tell the story of how the hell you... After yourself up and how and give everybody an update on that
1: yeah so <clears throat> um you guys know i've been injured for fuck a while and never Barry. really spoke on <laughs> yeah i never really spoke on how i was injured um but that's also because there was an investigation and some other stuff and i couldn't really talk about it um until it was done and over with um so I'll be getting into that and, and how I how I destroyed my knee and what led to the spiral of bullshit. So <clears throat> it was about March. It's a cold, dusty, windy day. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, it was March in the spring. It was springtime, um, in twenty twenty-one. I want to say and it was almost <clears throat> two years.
0: It was like um, yeah, exactly two years ago, but just about.
1: Um, uh, yeah, it's, no, it's been two years. Mm-hmm. I've already passed. It's March 30th. This mm-hmm. was the um, anniversary date of the injury. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm rolling with a partner and we're just hopping call to call. And it's around this time in the morning and we had just got done backing another unit. For the on. listeners
0: that don't know, this is about eight o'clock in the morning when we're recording this. So it was about eight o'clock in the morning.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. No one knows where <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's tired. It's early Uh, man. So we're, we're rolling down the street. We just got done backing another unit on a call on a code three call, uh, which means we just assisted in going to that call because it was a nasty call. And then there was a backup request. And then so we're like, okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And so we're right down the street and I hear one of the training officers with a brand new boot, um, say he is, uh, code six, which is at scene, um, on an assault with a deadly weapon robbery suspect. Like this is felony on top of felony on top of felony right code and,
0: there's different codes if you guys use 10 codes you'll know it probably is ten ninety seven, which is that scene for a lot of other people code six right. is like i'm out at or i'm busy on a you know so you could be code six frank you're out with a felony. that's <coughs> bad yeah you know,
1: anyway yeah we just speak um a lot of some agencies just speak normal just easier for dummies to remember because we the, yeah your we agency doesn't use assets. 10 code right no, it's because they have a lot of idiots. <laughs> Anyways, so, <clears throat> um, we're 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 rolling down the street. um getting ready to go get some breakfast, and all of a sudden we hear uh, that training officer put that put that traffic out, and we're like, "Uh oh!" I look at my partner, and I'm like, "Hey man, you want to go there?" And he goes, "Yeah." And I'm driving, so I'm like, "All right, we're gonna go." And I know exactly where this is at. And the funny thing is, this is at a Seven Eleven that no cops go to. No one likes to go to it because the guy who owns it's a dick and he hates cops and every time you go in there he makes you pay for your coffee and like look we're not trying to get handouts and stuff like that but it's nice to get a free cup of coffee to let let people know we care, or, you know, fill up our water um when we when we go there but he doesn't allow. It. He makes you pay full price and we're like okay cool we're just not going to hang out here. That's to mention he talks shit to you the whole time. So I was like, I know exactly. Yeah, it's what one I'm thing to pay that. for coffee
0: if it's another thing to get shit tucked.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, the guy's a douchebag. The funny thing is, is he's been held up so many times where he's been actually tied behind the counter and like just gotten the shit kicked out of him. And you'd think that he would want more police presence, but he hates cops and he's just, I don't know what his deal is. But anyways. <clears throat> So we're going and then I hear, um, my buddy Mejia go, um, suspects running and I'm like, great. And I know Mejia, I'm like, Mejia, he's not going to go on a foot pursuit. He's mm-hmm. going to tell his boot. No, no, stand back. We go, we've got people coming. Um, cause it's that early in the morning that no one really has calls. We're kind of all bouncing into something to try to, to try to get onto something so we can go eat breakfast. Right. Um, and hold the call for just like 30 minutes so he can get eat some breakfast without being disturbed which is like the holy grail of breakfast eating um <clears throat> when you work in day watch and so we go and we're right down the street and we're hauling ass um to get there because there's a lot of officers out there they don't like to put out backups and you know you know when it's going to turn into a backup and this guy's also running and he's running into traffic And so where this, um, because this is important, where this 7-Eleven is, is right next to a freeway and right next to a major thoroughfare. In fact, it is damn near on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this big overpass, suspect runs under the overpass, or underpass, I mean. He's on the underpass and ran over the overpass. And the airship's overhead, and we hear the airship calling us in. And I'm like, oh, that's us. That's our shop. and it's gonna get us in and he's like hey suspects in front of you I'm like oh fuck he's running right at us so we jam on the brakes pop out of the car and we're in oncoming traffic at this point um, right at the uh, overpass of the freeway Um, but we're underneath it and we pop out with our guns we're like hey let me see your fucking hands and this dude is methed out of his fucking mind and at first he looks like a male black that's messed up right (laughs) He, he he at first he looks like a male black and he's just losing his shit and why that's important why that race is important because i'm going to tell you something which you wouldn't believe would come out of a black dude and it didn't because he's not black um <clears throat> and um so we're giving him commands he's like fuck your commands and he starts pushing forward hard and i'm like all right i don't see any weapons in his hands i holster i pull out my taser and i'm like but he said that
0: commands. to you or just that was his attitude
1: no, he just he just started running towards us. Okay. As soon as okay. I was like get on the fucking ground, he just said fuck That so was like that's amazing. That.
0: If, if somebody actually looks at you and goes, "Fuck your
1: commands." No, he didn't say that, but he was like fuck you. Okay. And he was like shoot me. And I was like, "Uh-oh." <laughs> no weapons in his hand. I'm like, I can't just dump this dude right here on the ground. Um that wouldn't be great. It would not be advantageous of me. Um <clears throat> and so he starts pushing forward really hard. And so I holster. And I go to my taser, Um, and I'm like, hey, man, fucking stop. And my partner's coming around the car with a 40-millimeter cannon. <laughs> he comes up on target. He's like, I'm going to fucking shoot you. And I then the dude sees this cannon, and he's like, oh, fuck, <laughs> and takes off running across the street. And I'm like, god damn it. And um, so I go give chase, holster up my, my, uh, my taser, and I beat feet across the street. This dude runs up the on-ramp of the freeway and then says, nah, fuck it. And this he's about 6'4", um, probably 200 pounds. So he's a he's a lanky, skinny dude. <clears throat> Maybe 220. I don't know how tall people are because I'm not tall. So he takes off up there. Then he backtracks, comes back down, and that gives me enough time to close the distance across the street because he had to jump on me big time. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of like waiting for my partner to like get his shit, but he was taking forever, so I just took off. And so as I'm taking off down the street, he... um Runs across all lanes of traffic, tries to go up the on-ramp, then doubles back and cuts down into this wash right next to it. And there's this bunch of bushes, and there's this big drainage culvert, which is concrete. And so he starts running into that. But he is so skinny and so narrow that he can run, like, basically on the bottom. And I'm doing, like, this fucking um Super Mario Brothers, like, hopping on each side of this, of this drainage culvert, like, back and forth. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get hurt if I don't get the fuck out of this thing. Like, mm. I am wearing too much gear to trying to be nimble on my feet. And so finally I pop out where I see an opening and I go to run full fucking speed and there's this big Oak tree. I remember seeing this Oak tree in this field of just a sea of Oak leaves. And I didn't know that there was a Sandy substrate bottom underneath. And of course I went full fucking speed sprinting. Um, Um, to catch this dude and I was closing the distance hard. I hit this fucking sand and I don't know if anyone's ever gone from running on concrete full speed to a sand, but, uh, it sucks and it hurts. <laughs> and my feet came out from underneath me. We I think the, the closest
0: you could, if you've ever, um, been in deep snow and you've been on hard packed snow and then your very next step, your foot oh, just yeah. <laughs> sinks into deep pack that is jarring as that is.
1: Yeah. So imagine doing that full fucking gear, full battle rattle, <laughs> full speed. Right. And so I did that and my feet it was like a cartoon. My feet started doing this weird sideways bullshit and I ate shit onto my chest. Wearing a body worn camera, body worn camera fucking explodes off of my body. Um, so now it's like all 230 pounds, 220 pounds at the time going crashing around to it. It pops off and. I'm laying there, and I'm like, oh, that hurt. I knocked the wind out of myself, but I pop right back up. I'm like, I definitely fucked my shoulder. I don't care. At this point, I don't feel my knee. I take off running. There's this big t- 10, 15-foot fence, and this dude's scaling it. And I'm like, I gotta catch him over this fence. Like, this dude's mine. Like, you know, I already ate shit once. I'm not doing right. it again. We're, you're mine. And I see him and he's crawling, crawling, crawling. He makes it about halfway up, and I'm like, because I can scale fences pretty fucking good. And I he looks back at me and like uh just like a like an animal just wah. Just jumps off of it. And I'm like, whoa, he just jumped off of that, like really nimble, like, um, like a, like an animal, some sort of jungle animal. And so he jumps off of that and then takes up off this, this hill. This hill is also a sandy hill. And there's a K rail at the top. And at the top of the K rail is the entrance to the fucking freeway. <laughs> and so he takes off up that. I'm going up, up top and he's, he's slipping. I'm slipping, but I'm, I'm getting ready to grab him. And at this point, I still have no one behind me. I'm in foot pursuit by myself. Next thing I see is this motor officer, looking like a juggernaut, just come up and damn near do a nose stoppy at the top of the mouth of the freeway to cut him off. Still, no other units in sight. Right. And this dude hops up on top of the the K rail. A suspect hops up on top of the K rail. This big like uh, metal K rail. And I'm getting my way up there. And I just, I then I just kind of stop and watch. For a second, because I'm like, what is he doing? And I, I see the motor officer, like, get down, get the fuck down. And this motor officer is a big, big dude. He's a big black guy. And so he looks like he's a D1 lineman for an NFL team. Like, he's Great. huge. And he's got a helmet on. And I'm like, oh, just headbutt him, dude. Just fucking headbutt him. And I'm watching this. And I'm like, this is going to be good. So I spent jumps on top of him like a kid would, you know, Not his just back. grabs the back of his head. No, on his chest. He <laughs> wraps uh-huh. his legs around uh-huh. him, grabs the back of his helmet. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So I'm trying to run up the like a spider monkey. Out. Yeah. And then the, the, the <clears throat> motor copper fucking slams them to the ground. And I'm like, Oh yeah, there we go. Now <clears throat> that was the only good thing the motor copper did. Cause he was so big and, and so like burly that he actually came into a big hindrance. Um, cause he didn't know Brazilian jiu-jitsu and he, he was just making it very difficult for the rest of us. And so as I'm making over the top, that's when other units start flying up the, the on-ramp. And I look at one guy, and um he's a friend of mine, and he has a boot. And I'm like, "Hey, get the suspect! I'm coming over with my taser." And so, at this point, like, I know there's officers, there's so two more officers on him. I'm like, "All right, cool. I can kind of take my breath because now I'm like, when he's kind of fucking weird, it's like I'm not able to put as much pressure on it. I'm like, this is weird. It's still no pain. <clears throat> Pop over the fence or this little rail, You're right? And he's fighting, and so I get onto the portion of his body where I can I can reach. And I know that there's people on his on his limbs. I'm like, I there's no point in me pushing someone off. I'm just they they got it. Um, but he's non-compliant. Like he's fuck you, fuck you, fuck you fighting, rolling around. And I'm like, all right, I'm gonna tase him. They're like, all right, I'm like, Taser stand by pow. Nail him. And I do um a drive stun, which means I put it up close to his skin, I I pull the trigger, darts pop out. And then I switch, uh, I keep the probes in and I go to a different part of his body to get neuromuscular incapacitation because at this point I can't back up far enough to shoot the darts for a good spread. So I back up and just place it on a different part of his body to try to get that good NMI. Um, And at first you hear him go, ow, when the darts hit. But then you don't hear anything else. And the only thing you hear is a taser. And I'm like, what the fuck? And at this point, I kind of had a tunnel vision. And I keep hearing my taser beep. And I'm like, dude, this thing's fucking broken. I fucking knew it. It's out of juice because it was broken to begin with. But the department I worked for didn't want to replace it. Right. Instead, so the department didn't give a fuck about you. They don't have any more. Deal with what you got. Like, right. Okay. So I carried it on my belt just so I didn't get in trouble. And so I went to go use it. Hopefully, I was hoping it would work. And it didn't work.
0: <laughs> don't you and- love equipment? You got to hope that it will work.
1: Oh, yeah, the fucking LCD screen in the back didn't work. I had no idea what the juice was. And last time I saw juice, which was like eight months ago, I had one bar. And I was like, this thing can't be good. You know, like the TV, the the remotes in my, uh, uh the batteries in my TV controller don't last this fucking long. Like, this thing is not, <clears throat> it's not doing great. So I go to taser and it's not fucking working. And then I keep hearing the the taser beep, like beep, beep, beep. Every time I pull a trigger, I'm like, what the fuck? So I pulled the trigger a shit ton of times, like, trying to figure out what was going on. And finally, I was like, taser's BO, taser's BO, which is bad order. Right. And I'm like, it's not good. I'm like, give me a new taser. So I'm still holding this taser in my hand because I don't want to drop it on the ground and make it an impact weapon.
0: <clears throat> the boot gives me his taser. but Well, not one only one that, bit. but knowing your luck and the luck of police officers everywhere, the second the suspect picks it up, the battery will be fine.
1: Right. And then <laughs> someone will go down and then he'll get right. shot. And then it'll <laughs> yeah, be a shit Yeah. Exactly. You so gave I him your taser. <laughs> yeah. Um, So I gave him. I mean. um, So I held on to my taser and then I gave him a couple more drive stuns with just just the taser. There's no darts in it. The 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 boot pulled yeah, out the, the darts tip. or didn't even have darts in them. And I'm like, wow, this is great. And so I start I start nailing him with this thing. I nail him one time in the ribs and I hear him screaming. I'm like, fuck yeah, this one's working. This one's definitely working. And I just got so happy. And he was like, ah. And I was like, get his arms, get his arms. And at this point, they're trying, starting to get his arms. And I nail him one more fucking time for a total of two in the side. That sounds pretty good, right? Reasonable, right? And he complies, take him into custody without further incident. And I start talking shit to him as I'm standing on camera, holding two tasers, talking shit to this guy. I'm like, you piece of shit. <laughs> you made me fucking run. You made me fall. And uh it's funny because I'm yelling at him, holding two tasers in my hand, looking like Someone out of a cartoon, or you just create, People are making fun of me for it because they're like, "That's like so out of policy." Like, you you tased him with two tasers. Like, yeah, I did, because my one taser didn't work. And they're like,
0: "No, you didn't actually tase him with two tasers. You attempted to tase him with one, and that shit didn't work."
1: Right. So, and you're kind of like on the same line. Like, I I see your 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 the wheels turning in your head. You're like, "No, no, no." You're already starting to articulate it, right? Right. Well, (laughs) so we take him into custody. And the whole time after we take him into custody, we go to the hospital with him. We spend a few hours at the hospital because he's got some split eyebrows, a split lip. Um, Yeah, he's a little fucked up. Probably some fucked up ribs. Um, And he's yelling, Hail Hitler, the whole time. And he's yelling um, racial slurs at us, calling us the N-word. And I look and I'm like, wait, wait, hold on. And this dude, a black guy? (laughs) And they're like, I thought so. And then they read his name and they're like, oh, no, he's been here before when he was sober because he was all methed out. Like, he's actually um, white and Dominican. And okay. Like, oh, so. Okay, that was like, that makes sense. I was like, okay, because I was trying to put it into context on why he was yelling all these racial slurs at us. And I was like, man. And then he looked at everyone else. And he looked at everyone. And then he looked at me and he goes, you're cool. And then started talking shit to everybody else. I was like, what the fuck?
0: I've been called that by suspects,
1: days. even white <laughs> yeah. ones. It was crazy, man. Um, So he yelled at all the Mexican dudes that were there. Um, we're all good buddies of mine. And talked shit to all of them. And looked at me because I'm the only bald-headed white guy. And was like, you're cool. And I was like, this doesn't make me feel any better. <laughs> 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 it actually makes me feel worse. Yeah, and, I don't, uh, don't want to be cool with you. Yeah. And then, so we're sitting there. And we're like, all right, we're going to take him back to the station. We're going to arrest him. And so we called the the primary unit. Primary unit was like... um. Victim didn't want to press charges. My, whoa, 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 whoa. Stop, Back up! what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the call originally was, a guy goes into a 7-Eleven, goes to grab some stuff, crazy walk out, clerk stops him, and he hits the clerk in the head with a fucking pipe. <clears throat> and then runs. Well, I guess the pipe then, after everything had happened and then they found out, we took him into custody, it turned into a plastic stick. And... So we're like, fuck, what do we do? renum has got felony warrants, um, no bail. So we take him on that. We're like, cool. So we're like, fuck, no open charge, just a bunch of warrants and a big, 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 big use of force report. And then so I get back to the station. And well, you're still going to charge him with resisting and all that stuff. Y- yeah. I mean, so there's, there's all that, but we all know that's not going to go anywhere. The only thing that's going to hold him is going to be that, that, uh, the felony, um, no bail warrant. So because yeah. fighting the cops, it's not illegal anymore. Um, it's not illegal. Um, you get in more trouble, uh, defending yourself on the street than you do when you fight a cop. Just put, put that in perspective. You could yeah. shoot at cops and not get any time in prison, physical time, but you could go and defend yourself against someone on the street and serve four years of prison. That's mm-hmm. just, that's a different story for a different day. Um, <clears throat> but. We get back to the station and here's where everything starts to fall apart and go downhill for me. Get back to the station and um, they're like, hey, standard protocol, we got to take your taser. I'm like, okay. They give my taser and they're like, hey, your taser's not working. I was like, "Oh, that's because it's fucking broken. And so I go onto my soapbox yelling at them, telling them this is a piece of shit. You guys should have given me new equipment. And I tell them exactly what the trading guy told me. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He didn't tell you that. I'm like, yes, you fucking did. They're like, do you have proof? And I'm like, well, he's standing right fucking behind you. And I call <laughs> him out in front of a sea of people. Oops. And I was like, he said, the department doesn't give a fuck about me. There is no other taser for me. Deal with what you got. And I said, but I don't know if it's charged. Like, I don't know what the battery's good because at a certain percentage of battery, The Taser is not as effective, and it doesn't work. It may turn on and may clack, but it might not work, and it might not work as effective as you would want it to with that fifty thousand volts and you know whatever amps it is. And so they take it, and they can't get it to load. And magically, after two hours of trying this, they're like, "Oh, we got it to load. Oh, it says you were, uh, it says you were um, at thirty percent, and you." have full power till 20%. So you were good enough. And I was like, I'm telling you, it didn't work. They're like, no, we don't believe you. We believe the computer. I'm like, oh, the 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 chip in that thing that wouldn't register for fucking two and a half hours, and you finally just got it to register? Are you going to trust that? And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, go fuck yourself, guys. And I'm like, this is bullshit, because I already see where this is going. And then and then they tell me, you tased them 13 times. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it sounds like shit on paper, but I really, I only tased them twice, because that was the only two that worked. The rest were just trigger pulls with very little bolts going into his body Mm -hmm. or amps going into his body. And I'm like, he didn't feel it. I can tell you, I heard the change in his voice when I zapped him with the good one, the taser, a brand new taser from a boot that was really fresh.
0: Well, isn't this all on camera too?
1: So not my camera. Um, the only thing they have on camera is me pulling the the trigger on the tasers by the, by another boot. There's no,
0: there's no footage of the guy getting tased and reacting to it and not reacting to it and all that shit.
1: I mean, you can you can hear it but they they don't believe me. They still don't believe me and I'm like, dude, it's all there. Like just look at it. And I'm like, I'm going to articulate the fuck out of this. And so I was getting ready for a fight. Um <clears throat> and the captain at the time, he didn't really know me but he didn't like me for some weird reason. Um And so I had a lieutenant go to bat for me, a couple sergeants go to bat for me that were there. And they were like, no, 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 no. Like, no, he was doing everything right. He did everything appropriately. You know, um, he was doing what he was supposed to do, yada, yada. Well, I didn't know it, but, um, my knee was really fucked up at the time. And I thought I was going to be able to stay at the station and be able to do all this. And as I'm standing there and I'm talking to people getting my lunch, I collapse, my knee just goes, I I just fucking collapse. Stop working. working. Um, and I'm like, whoa, what the fuck was that? And my supervisor kept telling me, you need to go to the doctor. You need to go to the doctor. I was like, no, I'm not going to the doctor. She's like, fuck, your knee's bad. She's like, it's making noises. It's popping when you walk aloud. And it's giving out on you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. But I'm going to work the rest of the day. She's like, do what you want. And yeah, you're like, an idiot. Right. First of yeah, all, she's so- a
0: bad supervisor. Because <laughs> when your employee tells you, no, I'm going to keep working. And you know they're fucked. You're supposed to order them home.
1: Yeah. So what I did was I wrote a um documentation form. Um I I wrote the form and then turned it in the supervisor. So I covered my shoulder and my knee because I didn't know what the fuck was wrong. Because I thought I hurt my shoulder because it was pretty sore. Um and it's a shoulder I'd previously had surgery on, but my knee all of a sudden was collapsing on me. I like I would go to sit down on a chair and I'd just give out. It was sharp pains and it just give out. I was like really weird. Um and so I ended up working that full day the rest of the day. Um, but like, I kind of took it easy. And the next day I came to work. Um, I was in a lot of pain. I could barely put my uniform on, but I finished the day. And then I was off for four days. And yeah. on those days off, I could barely walk. And I was trying to get it recovered when I returned back to work on, uh, I think it was like a Monday or Tuesday. And I called him the day before I was supposed to return. And I looked at my knee and it was swollen. And I was like, hey, just letting you know from the injury I sustained last week, um, I'll be at work, but I'm going to go to the doctor first thing in the morning because something's not right. I'm going to go to the ER. And they're like, okay, that's fine. Um, And so I ended up going to the ER, spent all fucking day there, went through through MRIs and everything and x-rays and they couldn't figure out what was wrong. But the guy's like, you fucked your shit up. I can't see it. He's like, but I can tell you, you tore a lot of shit in your knee. He goes. I have to refer you to an orthopedic surgeon because I'm not. I'm an ER doctor. I'm not an orthopedic surgeon. I can only look so much. Like I, other than that, I really don't know what I'm looking for. Right. Um. He's like, so you need to go see an orthopedic surgeon. This is fucked up.
0: That's why they're called they specialists.
1: Gave, yeah. So they gave me two weeks off, and then I went through the rigmarole of them not wanting to authorize me to see anybody, them not authorizing the use of force as a work-related injury, and I'm like, but it's all on camera. And they so they investigated it for about two months, two and a half, three months, and finally authorized it. At this time, this took me a very long time to get into the specialist, and finally I was able to get into the specialist. And um, it wasn't the one I wanted, but I got in. <clears throat> and that's what led me on the path of surgeries. The, the doctor looked at my knee and he goes, I don't see anything wrong with it. Let it let it rest. And he it wasn't getting any better, it was actually getting worse. Fuck. He's like, all right, we're gonna go in then. So he went in surgically, <clears throat> and then I remember waking up in the hospital bed. and He apologized to me. He's like, I'm really sorry. I'm like, oh fuck. He goes, Your knee is really bad. He goes, You tore your meniscus, um, uh, and then you tore the whole center portion out of your knee. Of the cartilage, it's just gone. It's out of the bone. It's gone. He's like, But we're able to do it a second procedure. Um, where they relocate my knee, regrow some cartilage, and then implant it back in.
0: Right, that was knee. surgery number one, which is the exploratory surgery. Yeah.
1: And then surgery number two is the big heavy one where they put, you know, they basically cut my kneecap off, relocated it, screwed it back in, put the um, the cartilage patch that they regrow of my own cells and implanted it back in, and then them hoping it worked. Well, that fucked my knee. And it led to me limping and it led to me, um, blowing out my back and led to me getting a back surgery. So it kind of all snowballed, but where this gets interesting is that while I'm dealing with all these surgeries, right. Um, and going through all these issues and pain, uh, we got a new captain change at the station at the division that I worked. Um, and the captain does not know me. He's never met. She's never met me. She's just, I think she's just trying to promote to, um, to the next level. And she looks at both use of forces. Cause I got into a use of, I got into use of forces two day, uh, two use of forces in the same week um, that I worked on uh, one on my Monday and one on my, uh, no, I'm sorry, three days apart. So I got into, I was working a four day stretch. My first day I got into use of force. My third day I got into use of force and they both were black men. Well, appearing to be black men. And I got in trouble. They, they deemed both of my, pol- uh my use of forces, um, out of policy, which was bullshit, and they only did it while I was out, and I couldn't like really speak for myself. And then I end up getting served at my house um, for out of policy use of forces, and at the same time they were trying to bring me up on um, excessive force um, on the last one where I tased the guy thirteen times. And <clears throat> uh, the new captain was like, "No, no, no, that's that's bullshit. He she shouldn't have. He shouldn't have tased this guy more than twice. They're all out of policy." That's, that's excessive force. And I'm hearing this from a supervisor. They're like, dude, she's trying to get you on excessive force. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's an indictment. Like that's bad. Like that's not good. That's, I'm going to court, like federal fucking court under color of authority. Like not good. And so I start fighting that. Um, trying to fight it while I'm out. And I put up such a big fight on it. That she finally says, fine, I won't go the um, excessive force route, but I'm going out of policy. It will never be in policy. Um, I don't care. And we'll give him training. Um, and then the, she's like, the other use of force, she's like, that's 100% out of policy. And I'm like, why? To ba- back up four days prior to the first use of force, I was eating breakfast. And this guy across the street was you known transit was naked. And he was shitting on the ground. And he was walking around naked and jerking off, right? Well, the lady flagged us down or we eating, he was like, Hey, can you get this guy the fuck out of here? I was like, Yeah. So I go over to the PA and I'm like, Hey Joe, we used to call him Jack Off Joe. I'm like, Hey Joe, get the fuck out of here. I was like, You haven't told him finished eating my brisk biscuit I'm gonna come get you. He's like, Fuck you. He's all high as a kid. Long story short, we end up having to go get him give him one chance i was like hey get your shit and go or i'm gonna come in there and i'm gonna help you and he goes fuck you i said i'm coming in and helping you then because i needed him out of there it was opening business like he's walking around naked there's piles of shit everywhere it's like, your like, job right and so i go to grab him like not hard i'm not like hard. i just go to put my hand on his back and guide him the dude swings at me i block it and then i pick him up and i throw him across i pick him up and throw him clear in the air off of his feet into a cinder block wall and that was it right I mean, I thought he died because he's like 50 years old and meth's out of his mind and walks with a limp and he is light as shit. He's probably like 70 pounds. The dude was really light. And she looked at that and she goes, oh my God, that's out of policy too. I'm like, how the fuck is that out of policy? The dude hit me in the face and I threw him into a wall and that was it. And then I took him into custody and then I got him medical treatment. That was it. She's like, it's out of policy. Fuck me, dude. So this this captain started going after me. And then um there was a couple other things that happened, a couple other things regarding my shooting and being put on um the DA's watch list from Gascon. Um and it was just all bad timing. But yeah, that's basically the incident that led to me blowing up my knee and leading to two surgeries and leading to a third surgery that I have to get on my knee. It was stupid. Um I basically tripped. And is nothing sexy. I fell while I was running after someone. I mean. But the moral of the story is I didn't give it's up.
0: It's kind of funny. <laughs> it's fucking horrible, dude. If If all the other shit didn't happen.
1: Oh, you're just running and you just eat shit and you're like, fuck. And that leads to like this whole down slope of, I have to try to medically retire now.
0: Yeah, no, and if it didn't lead to all that.
1: Yeah. Well, I get tired of telling that story when people ask. And so it's like random people, they don't know I'm a cop. Like, how do you hurt your, your knee? I was like, I fell and run, I fell running. And they're like, oh. And it sounds so pathetic that they're like, stop asking questions now. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like, fucking stupid.
0: So um, <sighs> the reason we didn't talk about it was obviously with uh, a department that's trying to tell you that everything you did was out of policy and oh, yeah. uh, completely against the law in some cases like those kinds of things take time to go through the system and especially at certain agencies you know like I'll tell you what I I experienced something similar when I had a woman I went out there and she uh, she told me a story and so based on her story that she was telling me, I told her, well, that's not a crime. Um, you have a you have a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, like, custody kind of issues. Like, you need to figure this out. You just need to tell this guy to leave you alone. If you want, I'll come back and, um, you know, if, if he comes back today at all, you know, just call me back and I'll come out here and I'll have a chat with him. He's gone now. Um, just tell him to stay away from you. She then uh, changes her statement two days later while I was on days off and claims that he committed a bunch of domestic violence. Mm. And so my department tried to say that she told me that the first time and that I just blew her off. And I I was like, I don't have a history of blowing off stuff like that. What are you talking about? And so they wanted to do an investigation on it. And they were trying to say it was dereliction of duty. And this is yeah. a department where all these people know me, they know my work ethic, and yet they're still trying to do me for this. Well, come to find out that uh she changed her story a third time to the point where the DA couldn't even file charges against this dude because he had lied. So she had so many different stories. Right. right. So that investigation took months. And then finally what ended up happening um was – my department, because they didn't want to. No supervisor wants to open an, an investigation and then get told they're full of shit. They're they're, you know, nothing happened. Yeah, they want to. They got to find something, right? So my department said, "Well, you should have taken a report the first time." I'm like, "What do you mean? It's not a crime." And they're like, "Well, you should have documented it anyway, just as an incident report." Like, there's no guidelines, there's no policy that says when we do and do not have to, have to take incident reports. It's right. officer discretion on whether or not they feel they need to document it. And in this case, I didn't feel that it needed to be documented. It wasn't a crime. So there, Those are situations where anybody who's done this job long enough, I mean, shit, we've said if you're not getting complaints, if you're not getting our aid once in a while, you're not out doing your job. Unfortunately, we have come to the place in our society where there's a, a natural hostility and a propensity towards feeling that police officers are lying. Um, that's not to say that police officers don't lie. We know police officers lie. We, we've, we've seen it. I know guys, uh, but here's the amazing thing. 95, 99 <coughs> of us do it right. Yeah. You know, we despise the ones that are making us look bad and lying and, you know, using excessive force. So the fact that you get people in your admin that are politically motivated to destroy your career and destroy your reputation because they want to promote and they want to look good. Right. Ridiculous. And now you take certain areas of the country. There is a, there is a, the DA of Los Angeles, Uh, The district attorney for Los Angeles County is disgustingly enough. He's an ex police officer. He's ex LAPD. Who who wants, yeah, he's ex LAPD. -LAPD He wants to prosecute police officers. Now you have a DA in, I think, the Bay Area. Um, There was a suspect, I just read about it, as a suspect or suspects who got in a gunfight, gang shooting. And. Killed a kid. Oh. Kid was caught in the crossfire, died, and the DA is talking about um, non-carceral punishment. Well, well doesn't surprise me if you know what non-carceral means. It means no prison. So yeah. she's looking at tail. ways. She's looking at ways to punish these people for getting in a shooting that murdered a child that don't involve prison time. That yeah, I mean,
1: if-
0: that's the state of things. Yeah. In bigger cities where, you know, it, it, and I honestly believe because these, both of these two DAs that I'm speaking of were backed by a political. Soros. Um, yeah. They were backed by George Soros. And he's got a lot of money and he always backs the most radical candidates he can. And yeah, there's a part of me that firmly believes that this guy thinks that if he backs these. Um, ultra-radical candidates and they win, he can completely destabilize our judicial system. And that's what he wants.
1: You so close. You know, you've heard the the saying, Tom, right? <clears throat> when you're in a use of force and they, they're like, you should have switched to a different weapon if it wasn't working, right? <clears throat> you know, like to try to utilize something different to, mm-hmm. to gain compliance. Mm-hmm. They told me that after fresh after this use of force. I look
0: at him, I go. We were in a fight,
1: That I was tasing him, right? And they're like, yeah, but you should have switched, so you didn't tase him so many times. I was like, my taser was fucking broken. I was like, all I heard was beep, beep, beep. When I rewatched the video, it was going for a full five second, but in my mind, I just heard beep, beep, beep. I was like, it wasn't working, and then I figured it out really quickly like over like a minute later (laughs) and Mm -hmm. use a different taser like you should have used something else i was like what was i supposed to do i did try to use something
0: else i tried to use a different taser
1: exactly that's what i said and i was like what do you want me to do like use a different weapon i said the guy's face down on the ground wrestling with us there's four cops on him right controlling the upper body and the legs i said the only way i'm using some something different is if i pull my impact weapon out my baton and I start beating him on the ground. You telling me you would rather have me Rodney King this dude on the fucking ground than just try to reuse a different taser? And they're like, that's not what we said. And I'm like, that's exactly what you just fucking said. You wanted me to beat him. That's what you want me to do. Because that's the only other option. So like we have pepper spray. I'm like, so you're telling me I'm going to pepper spray a suspect on the ground in a dogfight with a bunch of other officers and contaminate them? Like, that's not fucking smart, is it? And they're like, uh... Uh, and I'm like, uh, uh, what are you going to do? What do you want me to do? And I was getting angry and I'm legit like yelling at them. I'm like, what was I supposed to fucking do? Hit him with a different, hit him on the ground with the fucking baton like Rodney King. You, you want me to do that? And they're like, no, 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 no. I just want something else. I'm like, what else? Should I fucking beat him with my radio? Because that's the only other option I have or stab him or go to deadly force. You know, yeah. with stabbing him and shooting him.
0: And I know and people like, that have done that.
1: No, 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 no. That's not what I want. And I'm like, what do you want me to do? Well, you could have pushed someone off, off, off of him if, and so you think you could have got better compliance. And I'm like, in the middle of a fight, I'm like, that's not something that you, you really want to do. Because if you push, say, the guy off his back, now he has all this pressure off of him and he pops up. Now you're in a stand up fight and you got to take him back to the ground again and more people get hurt. Right. And they're like, uh, uh, I'm like, it's a fight. It's a shitty situation. There isn't any other good option. The only other option is to see if a different taser works. And if a diff, if that taser doesn't work, then I stop, but it worked. And then he stopped. I was like, I don't see the fucking problem. They're like, uh, uh, we don't have an answer. And I'm like, I know you don't like you're dumb. You guys are fucking dumb. This department's stupid. You guys are fucking stupid. And I was like, I'm going to fight this because I already see you guys trying to fuck me. And they're like, uh, uh, and all my supervisors like, yep, yep, yep. You my lieutenant. I did this in front of my lieutenant and two super, two sergeants. And uh lieutenant ended up quitting later. He resigned. He's like, I'm fucking done with this place. Because he was so aggravated with the new policies and procedures going into place and the new captain who came in. He was like, fuck these people, I'm out. Did he and, um, leave the job or did he go to another department? No, he fucking left. He's a pilot now. He's like, fuck you. I'm gonna become a pilot. He was trying to make it to 30. He fucking left early. He was like, Nope, fuck this place. I don't need you. Oh, he retired. Then, he had enough time to retire. Yeah, yeah, he 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 was trying to get to 30 and he left, I think at 28. It's <laughs> like fuck you guys. I can't deal. He couldn't. This dude was like when you see like a model cop, you're like, that's him, right? He's a yes man pretty much, but what they didn't know is he's very conservative and he hit it for a very long time until the end. Until he came to work at our division and we're very outspoken. All the cops were very outspoken. And he got some balls on him towards the end, and uh, he's like, "Now fuck you guys! You're trying to fang my officer for doing nothing wrong. I'm standing by him, and that's why they couldn't get me up on that um uh, excessive force under color of authority." Thank God. Um, which actually led me to a massive cardiac event where I almost had a heart attack.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't te- you can't t- joke about something like that and not talk about it.
1: Oh, I mean, if I have, yeah, I have time. So when that all happened, it was a snowball of everything that I was trying to say, like what was going on. They got me for two out of policy use of force They were both well within policy. And then they served me at my house, what they're not supposed to do. My supervisor, one of the supervisors that came out that I've never met before. I knew him as like a, a, a motor supervisor. He was pretty cool. And then he got promoted. I think lieutenant or sergeant two or some shit. And he came all the way out to the house. <clears throat> he came to the house and, was like, hey, I have to serve you, and I'm like, mm, serve me what? Um, I'm out, injured. Like you, you're not supposed to be serving me shit. And he's like, well, we have to have it done by tomorrow, and it's coming from the DA's office. I'm like, what the fuck is it? They're like, oh well, it's because you were involved in a shooting, and basically, um, it's uh, officers involved in fatal shootings that are like questionable to the DA where he wants to keep them in the same list as the Brady officers. And I'm like, what? He goes, no, no, you're in a separate list, but the same, the same list that holds the Brady officers. I'm like, so I'm in the system under Brady. They're like, no, 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 no. You're under the system that holds Brady, but a different folder. I'm like, that's fucking stupid. And so they, they fanged a bunch of officers for, for shootings. And I was like starting to have all these issues. And then they told me that the whole, um, under color of authority, like, excessive force type of thing where they were trying to get me on it. And I was like, Oh my God. So I had all these stressors compiling into one. And, um, my kids were at the house one day and, um, they're getting ready to leave. Or I think I had them leave early. And, um, I was sitting there and I was, my hands were going numb. My feet were going numb. My face was going numb. I was clammy. It was cold. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Something's not right. I checked my blood pressure. Because they, I would just try to give blood, and I gave blood, but they're like, your blood pressure is a little high. So I started, everything started snowballing on me all at once, and I started checking my blood pressure, and um, my blood pressure shot through the roof at one ninety. It was like one ninety five over one ten, and I was like, oh my god, and, and it was blinking, cardiac event, or cardiac event, go to the hospital, and I was like, oh fuck, but I didn't want to scare my kids, I didn't want to freak anyone out, so I kind of kept it to myself. I walk over to my wife and I said, I need the kids gone now. I might have to go to the hospital. because what? I don't want to talk about it. It's going to stress me out some more, but um, there's a possibility I might have a heart attack. And then she's like, what the fuck? So everyone gets kicked out. Um, I called my ex-wife and I'm like, hey, you got to get the kids. Um, I'm not feeling too good. I think I got to go to the doctor. I need you to grab them now. And she comes, and she gets them. I lose my fucking mind. I start fucking like, um, like tearing up and I'm like, dude, I'm going to have a fucking heart attack. And I go upstairs. I'm like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I call I call urgent care. And I'm like, hey, I said, what's going on? What do I do? And they're like, well, you need to go to the ER. There's nothing that we can do for you here. If we come in and your blood pressure's through the roof, we're just going to call you in, in an ambulance and you're where you're going to go. I was like, well, fuck you guys. I don't want to come in. They're like, or you can get a different blood pressure machine and just, you know, get a bigger cuff size and try it. So I order one off of DoorDash. <laughs> 45 minutes later, it shows up and I'm I'm laying down in my bed at this point, um, sweating, and it's cold as shit in my room. It's like sixty degrees, sweating. Um, everything's numb, and um, I'm freaking the fuck out. And then I, I get the blood pressure cuff. Why the hell you wouldn't pressure.
0: just go? I don't. I've never I understood,
1: oh, bro. I don't know, dude. I, you're I think I was scared. You're an idiot. I know. Yeah. I think I was scared though. And then I get the bigger blood pressure cuff, and it is one eighty over. I want to say a hundred. It's going down. I'm like, fuck it. Good enough for me. It's going down. I'm like, I'm going to go to sleep. Dude, Fucking stupid. You're I don't know how idiot. I didn't have a heart attack. Um, <clears throat> did you at least take
0: like baby aspirin?
1: I drink some water. You're an idiot. Yeah. So I ended up, uh, that ended up happening and I ended up getting into the doctor the exact next day. My blood pressure was like 170 still. 180. Um, over like 90 to 100. And she's like, holy fuck, you are high. And she's like, you had a panic attack that led to your high blood pressure. Uh Um, I'm like, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, my face is still tingling right now. She's like, yeah, you're still having a panic attack. And I'm like, what the fuck? She goes, you can't go to work right now. I was like, well, I'm off anyway. She's like, yeah, but still, even if you got cleared on your injury, you can't send you back because of your heart. We have to figure out what's going on with your heart. That led to a big you know, laundry list of shit that I had to do. But... Um, it took me a month to try to get that thing down my heart, uh, blood pressure down to like a reasonable range. And then now I'm back up in the higher blood pressure, hypertension, hypertensive stages now. So I'm trying to figure that out, but that's how I figured out I had high blood pressure from stress. Um, and it was crazy. Almost having a heart attack, uh, leads to figuring out. You have high blood pressure, which is a good thing because it's the silent killer. Yeah. Kills a lot of cops. They don't even know it. Well, and
0: this is, this is why you're an idiot. Cause you know this. And yeah. And this is why a lot of cops are idiots. A lot of firefighters are idiots. A lot of first responders, a lot of hard chargers. You guys are idiots. And I, Hey, I, I don't, you know, I don't take myself out of this category. I've, I've, you know, drag my feet on stuff I shouldn't have. Um, Yeah, but the bottom line is, is that we don't want to take care of ourselves. We want to take care of other people, and yet um, we know, you know, when we're when we're all fucked up, like we're like, nope, I don't want to go because mm. we're only here.
1: We don't want to, right. yeah. And then what if you get there and then everything's fine, right? And then you look like an idiot, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know how I didn't fucking, like, have, I mean, I could have had a heart attack and just not have known it, but, um, like, a small one, but I don't know how the fuck I didn't end up in the hospital. That fucking blows my mind to this day. I'm like, I do oh, and even the the, the doctors like, I don't know why you didn't go to the hospital. She's like, you should have been in the hospital for sure. This is fucking nuts. This is high. And I was like, yeah. So, and then she put me on medication. I still don't take the medication.
0: Yeah. Cause you're an idiot.
1: <laughs> I don't take it. I tried taking the medication for a little bit. It fucked me up, man. It made me feel weird. And then, so I'm supposed to be getting new medication. Um, but, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah.
0: Well, I think okay. that's, uh, and now what's the status of everything? Cause I think people are ultimately we're getting to the end and We got to know. Yeah. So they want to know I'm where still, the
1: curtain. right. So I, I'm finally, um I have lawyers on this too. So I'm finally towards the end. We're, we're requesting because I've had all the surgeries, even though I'm going to need more. We're at a point where it's like, okay, he's meet, reached his maximum potential, right? So it's only going to get worse, and he's going to have to have more surgeries. So I have to have another surgery on my knee and another one on my back. And they're like, okay, lawyers are like, we're we're fucking done. They all requested everything from the the doctors um, for their final reports. And one was supposed to have been done fucking months ago when I stopped seeing the doctor for my knee. Um, and so they're just, we waiting on those. And once those are in um, we're going to give them a, you know, about another month. And if they don't come in within the month um, we're going to be pushing forward without them. And then going with whatever medical um, evidence that we have um, that we've collected. And then I have to see a couple doctors through the city And um, then they get the reports back and then I go to a board. So I'm at the end, but it's still like long. I could still be in this process until um, the fall Uh um, or late summer, early fall. So I'm hoping I'm hoping late summer I could be done with this shit um, and kind of go about my be medically retired and go about it. And I've struggled a lot with this um, on the the to the fact to medically retire and now most days i wake up and spasm my back hurts it's tight my knee is just fucking throbbing most days can't really squat down without lots of sharp pain i'm like i think i made the right decision to to push forward at this because even if i wanted to go back it's fucking not safe for me or my partner like at all unless i can wake up one day miraculously with zero pain and zero like uh handicap right as so would say you know uh, without a handicap you know cuz the you, a cop can't work with a handicap right i mean you can if you know um you get on permanent light them, duty or something properly but, yeah and they don't have that right it's either you get fixed and uh, get fixed
0: they used to find liquid. a desk job and they'd stick you on a desk job for the rest of your career but they don't do that anymore
1: no they don't and um if you're full duty and they put you in like the kit room and you're like, hey, I need to stay in the kit room for fucking ever because of my injuries. And I'll tell you if I get better. And if I do, great. I'll go back in the field or I'll go switch to something else. If they need you, they'll put you ass in the field because it doesn't matter if okay. if they know your injury. You're, you're full duty. And if they need the body, you're getting the fuck out there. Right. And I look at that and I'm like, dude, it's not safe for me. It's not safe for my partner. It's not safe for my wife. And it's not fair to her because if I go back to work out of my own stupidity um and my own um ego – right? Because I want to do this job because I've always loved to do this job. It's the only thing I've ever wanted to do in my life, mm-hmm. other than the military. Um, and I go back and I get fucking killed because I get into a use of force and my knee gives out, or I have a back spasm where I can't use my legs. Um, and I die. How is that fair to her? You know what I mean? So,
0: so that's the interesting the thing is, especially when I went through medical retirement, I had a I remember the turning point moment where, like I said, we don't want to get the help, but we need to. And the turning point moment is, do you say something and check yourself into the doctor's office, go to the ER, get the x-ray, get the whatever it is, um, or do you just not say anything, right? Do you just deal with it and hope it gets better? Well, here's the thing. A lot of us know that the second you do, right? The second you do pop smoke, the second you do pull the pin, the second you do any of those things, you basically put a target on your back. I I can tell you, um, <laughs> I had a piece of shit supervisor, and I I call him a piece of shit now. He he wasn't always. I don't know what happened to him. Um Drink the Kool Aid, man. But. I hurt, he, and this may have been, this may be a story for another time. I hurt my knee on a call that we didn't have to be at. Right. Right. It's not, it's not the injury that ended up retiring me, but it contributed to medical issues that I still have. Um, it was my first on the job injury. It was the first one where they had to pay me out for an injury and tell me, you know, I had limited mobility and blah, 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 blah. Hmm. Um, and it was on a call that this sergeant was the supervisor on. And it was chasing a suspect that this sergeant wanted us to chase, even though he was a parolee and we knew who he was and we didn't need to chase him. We just had to call his parole officer and tell him, uh, yeah, just issue a warrant for this guy because he ran from us. Also, there was no fresh charges because the guy was technically, theoretically a victim. The only thing was he had pissed the sergeant off, and so we chased him. And I got hurt.
1: Contempt a cop, dude.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, lo and behold, I get put on light duty because I'm, I've got a knee injury. I've got it literally like a numb spot on my knee, and it, right. it'll it'll be painful, and it'll buckle, and it'll do all kinds of weird shit. And I'm working light duty, so I'm you know suit and tie. Work taking the desk. If you know. Hard-charging cops. Being the house mouse working light duty is a curse. Taking counter mm-hmm. reports is awful. I hated it. God, it's just so, so horrible. I go Gosh. into roll call, and uh he goes, you're still not back yet? Same sergeant, right? He goes, you're still not back on duty yet? And I'm like, nope. He's like, well, go back to your doctor and stop being a pussy and tell him you're fine and come back to work. This is in the middle of roll call in front of everybody, and I got pissed because I'm like, "You're the reason I'm here, motherfucker. You're the reason I'm the house mouse, and and now you're going to tell me I'm being a pussy, dude." So, asking for the help, asking you don't want to be called a potato chip, right? Right. You don't want to be told to get a spoon and dig the sand out of your crotch. You don't want to be, you know, seen as the weak sister. You don't You don't want to let your partners down. You want to be out there doing the Lord's work. So asking for that help can be hard. That's why Chuck's an idiot for not <laughs> following doctor's orders and not doing what he knew he was supposed to do. I'm yeah. saying this to you guys. Yeah, it might cost you your career, but worse, it could cost you your life. And it could cost yeah. you your family. And, and all, that's this the job biggest. is not worth it.
1: No, that's the biggest issue, right, with cops that I see is not asking for help and it taking their life. Yeah. Or not don't, getting themselves checked.
0: Yeah, don't love your department more than your department loves you. because yeah, they don't fucking love you at all. You're their number. Right. <laughs> so, Well, on that happy note, Chuck, who's our dedication for?
1: Our dedication is um, Tim Yunwin, police officer Tim Yunwin was killed in a vehicle crash at the intersection of Hamilton Avenue and Centridge Avenue in North College Hill. He was responding to an officer needs assistance call when his patrol car collided with another vehicle shortly after midnight. Officers from multiple jurisdictions were responding to the call when the crash occurred. Sounds like a help call. The driver of the other vehicle was also killed in the crash. Officer Yudin had served with the Springfield Township Police Department for two years and had previously served with the Hamilton Police Department for two years. He was thirty one years of age and he had a four year tour
0: Well, rest easy brother. we got it from here and I also want to talk about um, a little bit uh there's a story that's coming out, and I don't want to comment on it until there's more uh, information um, but Essentially, it sounds like there was an officer in New Jersey um, who was somehow determined to be in crisis. um, And he was taken to the University Medical Center while he was in crisis. Um, And I don't know how. I'm not, that's why we're not going to comment on it. But while in crisis at the hospital, he was able to take his duty weapon and commit suicide. Oh. Yeah. So. Wow. uh, Yeah. So we're following that as well. I just wanted to, in case people aren't aware of it, that's a developing story that I'm, I want to find out. Um, because I don't, I cannot as much as I've been trying to mull this over and there's not a lot of details I can't reconcile an officer who's in crisis that is taken to the hospital by the members of his department who is still able to have access to his duty weapon
1: and kill himself
0: I can't that's wrap my the, head around that
1: I've seen coppers being taken in and put on yeah. holds or taken to the hospital and that's the first thing that happens when it's a mental Should be. you anyway. have
0: to <laughs> alright so no. Well, until our next episode, come home with your shield or it.